Hey everyone, you're listening to the Connect Church Podcast. We hope this sermon inspires you as well as builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Always and all is what we're talking about today. Always and all. Find somebody close by and say always. And then say all. If you've got nobody close by, David, I'll look at you, man. You can look at me. We'll say it to each other. Always and all. Jessica, always and all. And listen, here is something that I learned um, after being married a long time. Me and Jed have been married 21 years so far. And we've been together for another 10 years on top of that. And uh, I learned a long time ago, there's certain words that you should not use. Obviously, but even in, in, in like relationship and conversation there's certain words you should not use and you should not use you always do this you never do this and Jen always says you can't say that because there are times when I have done that so the word never is not accurate or you can't say I always do that because it's not true and I say fine fine like 98.76 percent of the time this statement is true But today we're talking about always and all. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right. Just put that there for a second. Let's talk about, let's talk about Thanksgiving for a minute. A long time, I wasn't quite sure why Canadians celebrated Thanksgiving. As I was growing up, I just figured Canadian Thanksgiving was somewhat of a ripoff of American Thanksgiving, and we just moved it to a different day because the Canadians had, or the Americans had theirs, and we had to move ours to a different day. Now, come on, I was younger. Give me, get, cut me some slack, I was younger. I'm not saying that this year I thought that. I'm talking about when I was younger growing up, okay? And so I wasn't quite sure why we had our own Thanksgiving. And so I, I over the years, I've done lots of research and reading to find out why we have our own Thanksgiving. And do you know that back in the late 1500s, like 1578 or something, they believe that Martin Frobisher came over and he had a whole shipload of people and they had like 15 boats with them and they were trying to find the Northwest Passage. This was way back before Google was around. It was way back before you had Wi-Fi. It was way before you had like CarPlay. Like these guys were, were navigating using the stars and, and making maps as they went. So they didn't have nearly anything we had. So this was in 1578, and they got stuck in ice, and they lost some ships, and they lost some men. And they were trying to start a settlement. And so what happened was they, found, they get on some land, and the guy that they had with them was commissioned by the government of England to be their preacher. He was their preacher and he was their pastor that went on this voyage with them. And when they made it to land, do you know what they did? This guy gets them all together and says, we're going to have a church service where you're going to hear about being thankful. We lost people who died, so we're going to have a thanksgiving. They're going to give thanks for making it through those storms, through making it through the ice field, through making it through all those things. They got together. He sat them down. They took communion. And they had a service where he preached them about Thanksgiving. And this is um, arguably the first Thanksgiving that took place on Canadian soil. It is true. <laughs> In 1604, 
The French settlers with Samuel de Champlain. Do you remember reading about Samuel de Champlain? In 1604, they came over, they get settled, and after their first winter and they do their first harvest, you know what they do? They have a Thanksgiving feast because you know what? They were alive. They made it. They had food to eat. So what do they do? They sit down and they have Thanksgiving where they actually give thanks to God for bringing us across the ocean safe and sound, for getting us here and giving us food to make it. They gave a Thanksgiving. Did you know the first Thanksgiving after Confederation, which is when Canada became Canada, the first Thanksgiving that took place was in April 15th of 1872. It wasn't even November. It was in April. Now, I don't know if that messes with your mind, but it messes with mine because April is not the fall where we normally have Thanksgiving. We have Thanksgiving with pumpkins and pumpkin pie, and I don't know if I could have a Thanksgiving without pumpkin pie. It just doesn't seem right, right? Well, they had one on April 15th of 1872. This was after Canada became a country, and do you know why they had this Thanksgiving? Does anybody know this? It's because the Prince of Wales, who later became King Edward VII, was gravely sick. And they weren't sure he was going to make it. But guess what? He came through. He was okay. So what does the country do? They have a feast of thanksgiving to God for sparing the Prince of Wales. You see, thanksgiving... The day that we have the day, we're all going to go have our lunch. I'm going to go have my burrito, and it'll have chicken in it, but I'll pretend it's turkey. Okay, we all going to celebrate Thanksgiving today. But today is based off of our country founded this off of times of giving thanks for special things that had happened in life where God had spared them. Most of us now, we have Thanksgiving, like Pat and Margaret, we had our Thanksgiving dinner last night, and Margaret always likes to go around the table, and everybody gets to say what they're thankful for. And it's always like the same usual five, like, I'm thankful for my family, I'm thankful for food, I'm thankful for this or that. We all have the same things, right, where they're like these answers that we know to give, that the right things we should be thankful for. But Thanksgiving by and large, is based off of people that were giving thanks for God sparing them. And such is life, we have taken something that had real depth and real meaning and turned it into like a holiday. It's just a holiday now. We all get it off. Some people don't even really celebrate it. It's just a day off. But, you know, there's two provinces that still don't even like officially recognize Thanksgiving as, as a federal holiday. East Coast. East Coast. Let's just say it's the East Coast. Thanksgiving is a time for us to truly give thanks for what God has done in your life. So let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. Now that you had History 101 about Thanksgiving... And you can impress people at Thanksgiving lunch today. You can, you can bust out some Martin Frobisher history and be like, well, you know, actually, Thanksgiving comes from <laughs> 1578. Trust me, people will be impressed. People will be impressed if you throw that name around. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 20, says this. And 
because we're in the middle of a thought. We're jumping halfway in. He says, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The New King James says, giving thanks always for all things. This is a crazy statement. It's a crazy statement to say give thanks always for all things because that's not how we as humans really work, do we? We don't generally give thanks always for all things. Usually we find a lot of stuff to complain about and we try and find all the things wrong, all the little problems we have, and we're really good at that. But giving thanks always is not something we're good at. Let me tell you a story. Growing up, I had a dog, and uh, this was when we lived. We used to live up kind of in the country. We used to live on Promontory before Promontory was, like, all developed. We had, like, a big um, house we rented up there, and it, it had, like, horse pastures, and we had some horses. And because we lived out there, we had dogs, and it was just, it was great. But when I was about 12 years old, I was tired of living in the boonies and having no friends to go ride my bike down and go see. And so somehow, I don't know how, my parents took pity on me, and I talked them in to moving into the suburbs. And we moved down into Chilliwack, and we had neighbors, but we still had this dog who was an outside dog, and her name was Brandy. And Brandy ended up having to spend most of her time in the garage. She couldn't, she couldn't come in the house because she was so nasty. She was a big chocolate lab. And she would live in the garage, and we'd take her out for walks, and we'd go see her. And, and because, because I was 12 years old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old when I lived there, um, it was my job to walk Brandy. Did anybody have a dog they had to walk? It was your job to walk the dog? You had a dog. Oh, not now. Yes, no. <laughs> I had to walk this dog. And let me tell you, I did not appreciate Brandy. I didn't, didn't enjoy her. I didn't, like, I didn't like having to go walk the dog. I didn't like having to get out there in the rain. I didn't like to have to go pick up a poop. That made me crazy. Like, I don't know why we have dogs. I don't know why we have to pick up after them. Just, why can't they pick up after themselves? Why is this my job? And so I would have to walk this dog. Now, let me tell you, the only time I was ever thankful for Brandy, and this is the truth, is when I would watch a movie or a TV show with the dog on it, and the dog, something happens to the dog, and it works on your emotions, and it makes you sad. I remember going outside one time in the garage. I was like, oh, Brandy, I love you so much. I'm so sorry. This is true. I was like, I'm sorry I haven't been nice to you. I will, I will walk you all the time. I will take you out. I will give you treats. I won't even complain when I have to clean up after you. I just love you, Brandy. Because it worked on my emotions, and those were the only times. I think I had watched, you know, what's that movie where the dog dies? Old Yeller. And isn't there another one, like, where the red fern grows? Just terrible. I don't know why people make those movies. I don't understand. Why does anybody want to make a movie where it's sad, where the point of the movie is to be sad? I disagree with those fundamentally. But somehow I ended up watching it, and it broke my heart, and I went outside, and I just wanted to hug my dog, and I just wanted to tell her I loved her. And she's probably like, what is happening? I just love this so much right now. But those were the only times that I was thankful for Brandy. But here he says, be thankful always and all the time. Always 
and all the time. Or you could say, Jake, you don't know my circumstances. You don't know the life that I live in. You don't know my family. You don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. You don't know my physical condition. You don't know my bank condition. You don't know what the doctors have said about me. You don't know what my friends say about me. You don't know this or you don't know. You don't know what you're talking about, Jake. Even though the Bible says give thanks always in all things, you just don't know what you're talking about. Well, it's true. I don't know what I'm talking about in some regards. I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know necessarily the things that you're walking through and that you have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, but you know who does? This guy. Upstairs. God knows what your life looks like. God knows what you're dealing with. God knows what you're going through. God knows the issues that you have. He knows the obstacles you face. He knows everything about your life. Also, I'm trying to work on not yelling when I preach. (laughs) He knows everything about your life. So we believe that the Bible is inspired and every word is accurate. And it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it's written through man, but it's because it's what God desired to be wrote. So when it says, be thankful all the time and in all things, it's God saying to us, be thankful in all times and all things. And that does seem like a crazy statement. It does seem like all the things that I'm going through, you don't know about them. And you're telling me that I'm supposed to be thankful all the time in all things. And my answer to you today is yes, you are supposed to be, or you should strive to be, you should try and be thankful in every situation, in all things. Always and all things is all-encompassing. I tried to break it down in the Greek for you. I tried to find a loophole for all of us. I I went back to the Greek and I looked and I said, okay, let's see if we can find some loophole where there's a time when we can get away with not being thankful. When there is some caveat where it's okay for, okay, be thankful in most times, but if this happens in your life, it's okay to be upset. Can I just tell you, I couldn't find it in the Greek definition of the word always and all. And I want you to know, I tried, I looked for you. I was like, Ken's going to want to know. If there's a time when he can be grumpy and not give thanks, if, if this situation works out in his life, is it okay to not be thankful? And I just want to tell you, I could not. No matter how I tried to break down the word in the Greek, it really does mean this. All the time. Always. In every situation. That's really what he means, guys. Now let's back it up. Let's, let's put this scripture in reverse for a second. So it says, give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if we back up to verse, mm, let's go to verse 18. In my Bible, the heading of this section of verse is living in the Holy Spirit's power. So even though I said we're putting the Spirit on Holy Spirit, the series on the Holy Spirit on pause, you can't really get away from the Holy Spirit. 
So maybe we're talking about being thankful in all things at all times. But here's the kicker. It requires the work of the Holy Spirit in your life to be thankful in the midst of those situations. And we're going to look at that. Here in verse 18, in the New Living Translation of Ephesians chapter 5, he says, don't be drunk with wine because, he says, that's going to ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you've got to remember, when you read the Bible, when it was written in Greek, there was no punctuations, there was no comma, there was no semicolons, there was no periods. It was all written together. It was, it was us who came along and put in the breaks and the, we think this is the thought he's trying to convey. And here's what I want to show you. He says, don't get drunk with wine. He's like, that's going to ruin your life. If you're a drunkard, it's going to ruin your life. Right? Doesn't work. Cam just got up and said it was how many days sober? 20 months. Cam knows what he's, when the scripture says it'll ruin your life, Cam knows what this scripture's talking about. He says, don't do that. He says, instead, instead of being drunk, instead of ruining your life, he says this, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on and he says this, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music in your hearts to the Lord and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't be drunk with wine because that's going to ruin your life. Instead of that, be filled with the Spirit by singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making music in your hearts to the Lord, and giving thanks in all things at all times to God the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you stop and think about this for a second, what he's saying is this. You've got to give thanks in every circumstance. Regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what you're dealing with, the answer is to give thanks. But if you back that up, giving thanks is also the way to be being filled with the Spirit. He says, don't be drunk. That's crazy. It's going to destroy you. Instead, instead of being drunk, instead of destroying your life, instead of going down pathways that are no good for you, be filled with the Spirit. And here's how you are filled with the Spirit. Begin to sing songs, songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Begin to give thanks in every situation. When you give thanks, it opens your heart up. You can't give thanks and stay angry. It's impossible. Now you can, okay. Yes, you can give thanks and be angry if you're doing like this. Thank you very much. Jen just said, it's the spirit of thanksgiving that takes over. Because you can be an angry person saying thankful, but you're not truly thankful. To give thanks in all things at all times, it requires the Holy Spirit working inside of you. And that is because you are giving thanks. To give thanks, you've got to open your heart up and say, okay, I'm going to give thanks. 
okay, it doesn't matter what these circumstances look like right now. It doesn't matter what I'm dealing with. It doesn't matter what the world is shouting at me. I am going to choose to give thanks at all times in all things. All times in all things. All times in all things. It's the word of the Lord. It's kind of like this cycle. As you continue to give thanks, you are continually filled with the Spirit, which enables you to walk through your circumstances. The Spirit brings with it what we call the fruit of the Spirit. Can we just look at that scripture for a second? Can we just go to Galatians chapter 5 and look at the fruit of the Spirit? I mean, I'm asking you, but I'm not really asking. We're going to Galatians chapter 5 anyway, so... It's one book behind you. And I love this passage of scripture. Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 16. And it says here, so I let the Holy so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. And in my Bible, the word guide is underlined because to me that's an important point. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. (laughs) How many of you have seen that bumper sticker that says, Jesus is my co-pilot? I don't know about you, but he is not my co-pilot. He is my pilot. He's flying the plane and I'm sitting in it. I do not suppose to sit in the co-pilot with Jesus co-pilot's chair and try and fly that plane he's the one who knows where it's going he tells me what to do so when it says let the holy spirit guide your life it means that you are saying holy spirit take the wheel just like great old carrie underwood saying she said jesus take the wheel the holy spirit is guiding your life and he is directing where it is you're going He's saying, let us walk this way. In this situation, let's act like this. When your flesh says, no, I want to get mad. I want to yell. I want to say bad words. I want to punch holes in the wall. I want to karate. He says, no, let's act like this instead. It goes down from verse 16, and it begins to talk about how your, your spirit man, the part of you that lives forever, right, which we call the spirit, and your flesh which is your mind and your will and your emotions. It says those two parts of your body are always fighting against each other. And they always want to do the opposite things. The spirit, the part that lives forever, wants to do the things that God says, this is how we should live, this is how we should act. But your flesh says, I want to do the things that are fun. I want to go do this. Yeah, let's go. That's what your flesh is always saying. That's what it feels like. If you go down to verse 22, above this, he goes through and he begins to list out what the works of the flesh are. And for today's purposes, that's not what we're talking about. Today's purposes, we're talking about the Spirit working in your life because you are thankful. And because the Spirit is working in your life, it enables you to walk through situations that you could not normally walk through on your own. And I'll tell you what, that's the key for somebody here today. 
This isn't just me talking. This isn't just us having a nice Thanksgiving talk about it's Thanksgiving Day, so we should be thankful all the time. It's not about Thanksgiving because it's Thanksgiving. It's about Thanksgiving because the word Thanksgiving in all of its forms is mentioned over 140 times in the entire Bible, which means there is something important about us giving thanks, about us being thankful, or being any kind of thanks-doing. It's important to God because thanks opens up your heart. So he says here, when the Holy Spirit, he says, but the Holy Spirit produces. Producing something is making. When you produce something, what are you doing? You're making it. You're making it. When they produce cars, what are they doing? They're in a big factory where those big robot arms are coming along. And they're putting the car together, putting the transmission together. And they put it in the car. They put the side of the car on. They put the top of the car on. It rolls through this factory. When you produce something, you are making something. So the Holy Spirit says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. He produces the fruit of love and joy and peace, and patience, and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against all of these things, there isn't a law. So here's the key. This is the key. This is the point for today. The point for today is we need to learn how to give thanks always in all things. And then you say, I can't do that. You just don't know my life. And I say to you, it doesn't matter if I know your life or not, because God does. And God is saying to us today that if you will give thanks in whatever situation you find yourself, no matter how dark it is, no matter how scary it is, no matter if you cannot see the end of the road by yourself, if you say there is no end in sight there is no end in sight to what I'm looking at. You don't know my life. He says, I know, but I do. And if you will continue to give thanks in the midst of that darkness, in the midst of that confusion, in the midst of frustrations and fears, I will produce this fruit inside of you that will enable you to walk through the circumstances. There is something about trusting God that is so fulfilling. When you see God working in your life, when you trust God in the midst of the storm, guys, I don't know about you, but I've told you this so many times, there's so many things I want to see when I go to heaven. And I want to see how they actually played out. I want to see Peter walking on the water. I want to see how far away he got from the boat. I want to see how far away Jesus was. I want to see how he began to sink. Sink? Sank? Sunk? I want to see how he went underwater. But what I really like about that story is the faith that was involved when Jesus said, Peter, it's me. Walk over here if you want. And Peter gets out of the boat and takes those steps of faith because 
most of us live metaphorically in a lot of storms. Sometimes there's good days or we're, our life is calm and the ocean is great, but there are days when there are storms. But generally, they're kind of metaphorical storms. In this case, it was a real-life storm taking place where Peter had to crawl over the side of the boat and begin to trust God in the midst of that storm and walk on the water. And I want to see what that looks like. I want to see how Peter put his leg on that water, that foot down, and began to walk. Because when you begin to trust God in your life and God begins to move on your behalf, it begins to strengthen your faith in him. The only reason Peter sank was because he took his eyes off Jesus and he looked at the circumstances around him, didn't he? The Bible says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. We sang about him being our living hope. What I want to say to you today, stand up with me. What I want to say to you today is that we need to begin to cultivate a lifestyle. And maybe you say today, I don't, I'm not even a thankful person to begin with. If you ask me to come up and say, what am I thankful for? I couldn't think of anything to say because I'm just not thankful. Maybe that's where you need to start. But there's people here where your, your gateway to freedom in your life, let me say it this way. Your gateway to freedom your door that you got to walk through to get where God is calling you, for those things that you need to come to pass in your life, for those circumstances to change, the door that you got to open is the door of thanksgiving, and you have to walk through that and open your hands and lift your heart up and begin to give God thanks in the midst of those circumstances and say, I don't care what is going on around me. I don't care that I can't see the beginning from the end. I don't care how bad this thing looks. I will choose to give thanks to God in the midst of all of these circumstances, lift my hands, lift my heart, lift my eyes, and place them squarely on Jesus. And that's where you will find the grace to walk through your storms. I also love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I love the picture of them saying, we're not going to bow down. We're not going to worship your idol, Nebuchadnezzar. And they get chucked in the fire. And I love the picture of them in the fiery furnace, strolling around with the fourth man, who they said looks to be the son of God. And what a great picture that is there they are in the midst giving thanks they are literally in a furnace where someone is trying to burn them alive and I'll tell you what there are people here today where the enemy is trying to burn you alive he's trying to bring things into your life that will end you and destroy you and take you out for good but all you've got to do is lift your hands and begin to give thanks and say I don't care about the circumstances I can be in a thousand degree fire and I know that God is here beside me in the midst walking right through me and he will keep me he will protect me and he will help me get where I'm supposed to go if I just continue to give God God, thanks and praise.
Thank you so much for joining us today. We want to encourage you to take what you just heard and let it go deeply into your heart to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only He can do. We also want to encourage you to be a part of what's going on here at Connect. Head over to connectchurch.ca to find out how.